Large-scale litigation requires extreme data management. It can make or break a case in today's legal profession. Welcome to Litigation Support Review, the podcast that's all about best practices for handling large databases, technology in the courtroom, and the skills you need to make a difference with clients. And it's only here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Litigation Support Review on the Legal Talk Network. We're really glad that you could listen to our podcast today. Uh, I'm Mary Pat Poteet, an expert in e-discovery and litigation support, and I have almost 20 years experience in the industry. Uh, before we get started, I'd really like to thank our uh, sponsors, Relativity by Kekira. You can learn more about them at kekira.com slash relativity and reveal. You can find them at revealdata.com. Uh, a quick note about Relativity. Uh, I've used it extensively for a couple years now, and I just think it's one of the best applications, web platforms uh, that you can use. I brought it into DLA because of two things. Uh, it has an extremely robust system behind it, and uh, it is supported by some of the best people in the, in the industry. Uh, the attorneys and the paralegals took to it so quickly that it made my life so much easier. Uh, on today's show, we're going to take a look at dealing with SharePoint data and uh, take a look ahead at the 2010 International Legal Technology Association Conference, better known as the ILTA Conference. It'll be held uh, this year at the Aria Resort in Las Vegas, Nevada, from August 22nd to the 26th, and there's going to be a ton of great educational opportunities at this conference, and I really look forward to seeing many of our listeners there. One of the sessions at ILTA is a moderated panel discussion on challenging sources of e-discovery. Uh, I will be moderating that panel, and I am pleased to welcome one of our panelists, Larry Briggy. Uh, Larry is the Managing Director in the Unified Consulting Group of FTI Consulting Technology Practice and is based in New York. He has got almost 25 years' experience assisting corporations and legal practitioners with all phases of the EDRM model, from identification through collection, process, review, production, and ultimately trial services. Larry's also developed some technology solutions and applications over the years to improve results and reduce costs for his clients. Uh, Larry, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mary Pat. It's my pleasure. Um, so, Larry, just to kick things off here, um, why is SharePoint becoming so popular? I think part of it is that people have become frustrated with the use of shared directories in the past. And SharePoint allows for documents to be grouped together. They can be described. They can be searched. Changes to them can be tracked. And security can be applied so that different people have different access to the different groups. And their access can vary from just being able to see and read the documents to actually being able to make changes in the documents. So I think, you know, that coupled with the power and the marketing strength of Microsoft is bringing SharePoint right to the front end of where documents are going to be stored. And I think, frankly, SharePoint is going to be the new dumping ground for electronic documents. <laughs> dumping ground. That never sounds good to uh, someone who's doing the e-discovery aspect of things. Um, so, you know, I, I know that I've used SharePoint um, many times, and it, it seems like a far more intuitive platform for people to use. Uh, and so that I am thinking that that might lend some of the, uh, to some of the popularity. Oh, definitely. Because SharePoint allows you to describe or display the data in many different ways. 
And right now, it's, it's a developer's paradise because they're finding new ways to describe and display that data, uh, which makes it a challenge for the discovery world. Right. So what does make it so complicated? I think the first part is the volume that's out there. Documents are being added by the hundreds of thousands to SharePoint. And many sites are, are up in the millions of documents very quickly. That coupled with the number of users that have access. Oftentimes, entire companies will have access to the SharePoint and to sections of the SharePoint. For example, an HR website can be posted up and all employees in the company can have access to it. So right there, you can have thousands and thousands of people accessing millions of documents and the different variations of security and access is, becomes very complicated. The second thing is that SharePoint is, for the most part, distributed in farms. So administrators have different blobs of SharePoint data around the country or around the world. And that can be just a duplicate of the main cache, or it can be segregated data based on the different offices and the different things going on in those offices. So from an e-discovery point of view, you have to deal with multiple sites some with familiarity between the one you just did and the new one, and some that are very disparate. You've got various forms of data that are stored in SharePoint. SharePoint can handle your standard you know, business-type documents, but it can also display things like lists of websites or survey results or things like that. And those are really new forms of data for the e-discovery world. And as I said earlier, the developers are coming up with new ways to display this information, and, and that in itself makes it challenging. Well, one quick question. So when you talk about like uh, survey results and, and all of that, so I can see it as one way on the screen, but the way that it's being stored in the back end is, is different? Yes, definitely. And so the question is, how do you, pre how do you export out that data from SharePoint in a format that can be easily reviewed by counsel and ultimately potentially produced to opposing counsel. Now, a survey can easily be displayed on a website using a format like XML, but reading XML is not a great format for attorneys to review in, nor is it a great format to produce to opposing counsel. So some of these formats are going to produce challenges, which the industry is going to have to develop solutions to. And it may be that we produce it in two formats, one, the XML for long-term preservation, and the second in a Word or a PDF format that can be easily reviewed and produced. Right. So, so what you see is not necessarily what you're going to get. Correct. Right. Okay. So, so with all these complications, how do you go about identifying what you want. They may see one thing, but um, how do you identify getting all of the back data information you know, that's not actually visible to them? I think the first part, Mary Pat, is trying to identify which documents are potentially responsive. And traditionally, through the industry, we've relied on keyword searching. Now, keyword searching is a little bit more uh, fraught with dangers in SharePoint for a couple of reasons. 
Uh, one is SharePoint is a very dynamic environment. Users are in there all the time making changes to documents, and users are adding documents, and then the users are changing. So that creates some challenges. The second part is that while SharePoint has the facilities to index documents, oftentimes that indexing may not be at 100%. And that can be for a couple reasons. First, certain sites may have indexing turned off. And there are some valid reasons for that. But when you run a search, it will not report which sites were not indexed and therefore not searched. The second part is that the indexing needs to be updated. And often is the case, resources on the machine are being used by users, and indexing may be postponed or not done as frequently as possible. So if you're only doing indexing on Friday nights when user load is down, that means that any data that was loaded during the week may not be searchable until Saturday morning. And that presents a problem for identification due to search terms. Another alternative would be to look at websites and depict specific sites on the SharePoint environment and preserve those sites. A third option, which I think is, is probably the most safe and defensible, is to look at things from a security point of view and to traverse the SharePoint environment by custodian and find all the documents that that custodian had access to, either as an individual or as a member of a group, and any documents that they may have authored or last modified. And then you've got a complete set of documents associated with individual custodians. And that, I think, is the most defensible method. So how easy is that to do? I mean, do you just do a search? Do you go into like an administrative module and, and then do a search on that custodian? Um, I mean, what is what are some of the, the, the basics of, of doing that identification? So if you say the most defensible is custodian, you know, where, where, where does a person go to even look at that kind of information? How do they find that out? Well, that's the trick. Ah, Discovery in okay. SharePoint is, is challenging right now because, um, as with many applications, they're designed to provide their function and services, but they're not designed with e-discovery in mind. And so going out and saying, I want a list of all the documents that this particular custodian had access to is a bit challenging. The first thing you need to do is, is normalize the custodian's name to their network login. So Lawrence Briggy is probably not my network login. So we have to find out that it's L Briggy. And then we have to look at the groups that I'm a member of. And then you have to traverse each of the websites and each of the lists and each of the documents to look at the security at each level to actually identify which documents I would have access to. So it's, it's an easy thing to say, give me all those documents that, that Larry Brie had access to, but it's actually a very technical and complicated solution to try to get to that answer. Okay, well, why don't we take a look at that after we take a, a quick break here, and uh, you can kind of walk us through some of the forensically sound um, things that we want to consider before taking on such a monumental task. Reveal combines project management, online document review, and third-generation search in one platform. 
Law firms, service providers, and corporations demand transparency and affordable, flexible tools that can respond to the evolution of the industry. Reveal's development team uses its inventive heritage applied to the legal marketplace to disrupt the past and respond to the present. Reveal's tool suite combines project management, online review, and third-generation search in a single platform. Learn more about Reveal at www.revealdata.com. Engage your brain. Keep up with the fast pace of the legal profession. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all of our great legal podcasts. They're free. Okay, welcome back to Litigation Support Review on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, today we're joined by Larry Briggy. He's a managing director in the Unified Consulting Group of FTI's Consulting Technology Practice. And uh, Larry, when we uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, you know how we identify things and you know some of the complications involved with identifying things in SharePoint and trying to get data out of it. Can you walk us through a little bit of the? Um, you know, some of the forensically sound uh, do's and don'ts of getting data off of SharePoint? Sure. The The first thing to look at is copying out the document out of the environment to preserve it. Um, documents such as business documents can be exported very easily. Uh, we talked about the, the difficulty or the challenges with some varying types of formats. But that can be done. SharePoint has facilities to do that. The second piece, though, is to export out the metadata that SharePoint keeps about the document. For example, when was the document added to the SharePoint system? What was it called? What website did it belong to? SharePoint looks at things a little bit differently than traditional e-discovery. The person who adds the document to the SharePoint environment becomes the author even though they may not have authored that document in a forensic sense. So we need to preserve that. We need to preserve who may have made the last modification. So the second piece of saving data out of SharePoint is preserving the SharePoint metadata. Okay, one quick question. You you mentioned that um, the person that adds the document becomes the author. And then, so in the metadata, would the last modified user, I mean, obviously that's very important and, and probably most likely the person that, ad, that actually authored the document. Is, is that a fair assessment? Initially, yes. So Initially, whoever, yes. But whoever added the document to the system is the author and is automatically the last modified author. But oh, then okay. if somebody else goes in and modifies the document, then they become the last modified author. So we, we may never be able to identify who the original author of the document is if they are not the ones that add the document from, from, from the metadata. Not from within SharePoint. You're right. You would have wow. to look inside at the internal metadata of the document. For example, if it was a Word document, then Microsoft tracks that information. But SharePoint doesn't care about the internal contents of the document. SharePoint just concerned about the document itself. So knowing that a document came out of SharePoint is important because you need to then know when you're looking at the metadata what you're really looking at. Yes. And the dates change as well. So now you've got dates from the original file from the operating system. You could have internal metadata dates 
from the Word document, and you can have the dates associated to how the document was manipulated within SharePoint. Great. So the hits keep coming here. Um, so essentially, if someone wants the original document, they want it before it even got into SharePoint. If possible. But yeah. that, doesn't, that won't reflect how SharePoint was used, uh, the document was used within SharePoint, or who had access to it. So you almost want to have both copies then? Yes. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'm sure that's probably a lot easier said than done. Um, okay, so so go go keep going on uh, some of these do's and don'ts here of uh, getting data out. Okay, and the, the third piece of data that comes out of SharePoint that you want to maintain is a list of users who had access to that document. And each user can have one or more security access levels. For example, I could have read access to the HR website, but the secretary in the HR department who adds documents might also have write access. So you need to track that because when ultimately the documents go into a review environment, you want to be able to say, show me all the documents that Larry Briggy had access to, or show me all the documents that Mary Pat modified. And those are the types of searches that are part of our normal discovery and review process. Therefore, that data from SharePoint needs to make it into the review environment and get associated with the documents. Well, that sounds easy. Uh, what are what are some of the other do's and don'ts of of dealing with SharePoint? I mean, if you if someone was setting up a SharePoint system today, what would be some of the things that they should consider as far as e-discovery goes? I think the first thing is you've got to understand that there really isn't a good guru for SharePoint. Your network administrator who runs the SharePoint system may not know what the contents are. So you need to understand and find a tool that can map the contents of SharePoint so that you can get a regular report. I think the second step is that you need to understand the settings that are alive in your SharePoint environment. Which sites are not being accessed and why? For example, if you've got a directory of um, annual reports and those may not be indexed on a regular basis because they're not going to change. You may want to find other types of documents that are out there, but you really need to know what's going on. Um, the second thing is you need to find some methodology to identify documents, and you need to set up your procedures to do that. You need to then come up with a procedure for moving copies of the documents out of SharePoint with the metadata so that it can be preserved outside of the SharePoint environment. Because if you leave it in the SharePoint environment, you've got to worry about spoliation. Users are changing things all the time. A couple of things that you really don't want to do is delay preservation. SharePoint is constantly changing. The longer you wait, the more changes there will be in your documents. So, so Larry, um, when you say don't delay... so. To preserve a SharePoint database, is that just, you know, taking a snapshot of what it looks like right now? Or is there a, a bet, you know, do they need to do even more than that? I think preserving a snapshot is a valid method. The problem comes in as to how you're going to review the data in that snapshot. Because if you've got a system that's five terabytes, and you preserve a snapshot, that means you've got to have a five terabyte location to restore that snapshot and work with it. And that's often a problem. 
if you can go in and identify the documents that you want to preserve right away, then you can preserve just those documents outside of SharePoint and work with that subset. So it becomes a volume issue and a practicality issue as to how you go about it. Okay. That makes sense. So do you have any other uh, don'ts for people in, with SharePoint? I mean, is there one, if, if you had to pick one, uh, what would you say it is? Don't wait to learn about your SharePoint until you've got your first matter in hand. At that point, you're going to really struggle with learning about the system and identifying your documents and preserving them. I think it's much better to go out now, meet your SharePoint administrator, start looking at a system map and trying to put the procedures in place for your next matter before it happens. So that's really a, a message to all the folks that are in-house um, and, and have to deal with the litigation that their companies uh, come up against um, to really get to know what their, their systems are. I think that kind of goes across the board. You know, know about all of your information. Uh, don't wait to find out where your data is. Learn more about your data before you uh, get to that, uh, that, that point where uh, you're actually having to pull data out. So, yes. Uh, so, Larry, do you have any final words for us on, on SharePoint? I, I think it's a, a wonderful challenge for the e-discovery world. I mean, 10 years ago, we, we had email that showed up and we had to figure out the ins and outs of email. I think SharePoint is just a new e-discovery source that over the next year or two, the industry is going to have to standardize and figure out how to handle. And, you know, that, that's one of the challenging things. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about being in e-discovery is that we're constantly having to learn and evolve and handle these things. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's, I think all very true, Larry. And I want to, uh, that's some really great information. Folks that are interested in this topic and other challenging sources should plan on attending our session at the ILTA conference later this month. Uh, remember, if you can't attend, sessions will be recorded and are available on the ILTA website, www.iltanet.org. Um, that about does it for this edition of Litigation Support Review. A special thanks goes out to our sponsors, Relativity by Kekira and Reveal. Remember to check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also subscribe to this program through iTunes. Uh, a very special thanks to my guest, Larry Briggy, for joining us today. Larry, if someone wants to reach out to you uh, to get more information on this topic, how can they reach you? Um, I will be at ILTA all week. We're at booth 311, and I'm speaking at the topic. Um, but I can be reached via email at lawrence.briggy at fticonsulting.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, join us next time for another episode of Litigation Support Review. I hope to see you all at ILTA. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Litigation Support Review. Don't forget to check out some of our other programs here on the Legal Talk Network, many of which are available for CLE credit. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com.